When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. guys welcome back to the podcast today sitting down with us is coach bangson i was thinking the whole time for those eight seconds how to say that last name make sure i said it right that was tough i'm not an english major um he is currently the oc at millican university it's a division three school out of decatur illinois close to my neck of the woods coach thanks for so much being on here and talk with me for 40 minutes before we even record it <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me and uh, glad you reached out and always up for talking some ball. And like you just said, we were talking about everything but ball for the last 40 minutes. And that was great also. Yeah, I had there's a guy named Coach McPherson. He's a big YouTube channel guy. He stands in front of the whiteboard and draws stuff has like thousands of subscribers. Mm -hmm. When I had him on, he was like before we recorded, he was like, you know, I'm okay not talking X's and O's. I'm more than just a football coach. I said, you got got it. So I found out he likes wrestling, golf, and this, and music. Like, his intro for me was, he's like, can you put a Metallica song on? And I was like, okay, you got it. Because he's like, everybody knows me as Coach Mac. I'm more than just that. And I was like, perfect. (laughs) That's great. Um, So how did you end up? And Decatur, Illinois at Milliken, of all places. Doesn't matter yeah. Milliken at all. Yeah, I, uh, I hadn't been to Decatur before in my life, um, before I uh, came in on the interview. So funny story with that is I actually, there's this all-Alaska camp up in Anchorage. It's, uh, it's actually in a, a smaller town about 30 miles north up in Palmer, but it's been put on by a guy that's been going on for about 25 or 30 years now to where, you know, there's a lot of uh, high school athletes up in Alaska that 
wanted to play college football and not exactly a lot of college football coaches were going up to recruit in Alaska. So this, uh, this one guy decided, Hey, let's start a, like a prospect camp up here. And so he would fly up college coaches. He'd usually get about 30 to 35 of them, uh, mostly division two, three and NAIA coaches. And then these athletes, in Alaska would sign up for this camp and want to have that exposure. And so I went up and worked one of those camps and actually the head coach of Milliken, Dan Gritty was up there. So this would have been in the summer of 2018 and just one of those deals where, you know, we always, uh, we kept in touch a little bit and I was out at Shadron state, which was a division two school way out in Western Nebraska about 10 miles from uh, the South Dakota border and about 10 miles from the Wyoming border and was coaching a a position out there, but had coordinated before and wanted to call the plays again. And that uh, the job opened up, you know, here at Milliken and, and uh, just kind of one thing led to another. And, you know, it's, it's been crazy because I've been here 10 months now and we haven't got to play a game. So (laughs) never, Never would have thought that, you know, I haven't called a play in the game yet. We've had a whole bunch of practices this fall and we got to be in pads and that was really, really good and got to install the offense and, you know, most importantly, get to, to know the players and the fellow coaches. But uh, it's definitely been a different experience as it has for everyone uh, in this world the last year. So what's the plan for your guys' season? Does the state of Illinois kind of ruin that? Or do you guys have a guidance of what you guys might be able to do? Yeah, we, uh, we, the CCIW just released the schedule today, actually. And so we're going to get to play five games this spring. And there's a couple schools in our league who are, are choosing not to play. And there's a few who are doing you know, more of those three games, four games, uh, a few more scrimmage type stuff. But right now we're scheduled to start practice towards the beginning of February. So here in a few weeks. And then our first game is set for March 20th, I believe, that's Saturday. So we're uh, we're really excited. I mean, obviously that was great news. And again, it's just like these players – if we get to play in the middle of March, it will be about 18 months in between our guys playing an actual college football game from, you know, their season was done in November of 2019 and getting to play in the middle of March of 2021, you know, and so it it just really excited for our players. I was going to say, if they allow fans and I don't have football for some reason, I was going to drive down and see. We uh, unfortunately, well, Illinois right fire now, the plan, about it. we're not going to get to have fans um, is what they're saying. Otherwise, absolutely would love to have you and you're welcome anytime and get in on the tailgating too. Yeah, uh, but I hope that we have football, so that'd be my excuse. I'd be like, no, we got football. I'd rather use that as an excuse. I yeah. sure hope so also. Absolutely. No, that's crazy that you said that because I'm thinking high school, they haven't played in a year. I haven't thought about you guys, like 18 months. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is. And especially, I mean, you know how, how much work that you put in at the high school level. And 
you know, with the college level, a lot of these guys, the majority of our players chose to come to this university, you know, with the football program being a, a large part of why they chose and, you know, Milliken. And so when they come from all over and, and then you don't get to do essentially what you chose, you know, why you're in Decatur, Illinois to begin with, it's uh, I certainly feel for them. Having said that, they uh, they really did do a great job this fall. And, you know, I mean, it was – we got the equivalent of about a full – like what you would have at the Division One or Two level where you have the 15 padded practices and you have a spring game. We got about one and a half of those in. I mean, you know, and it was all said and done, and which at the Division Three level we usually don't get that opportunity. So, obviously, of course, we would have all wanted to play games, but – you know, we just uh, can control what we can control, and, and, and our players did a really great job buying into what we're doing and, and have continued to really work really hard, and now we finally get a payday for them, and we're really excited about it. Yeah, because people don't realize when kids play Division three football, they love football, probably more than Division one kids. Like, yeah, that, that's what every Division three coach I've talked to, because I've coached those kids, Oh, it's Division One or bust, or one double or bust. And I always say, well, what about NAIA, Division Three, Division Two? Because Division Three, there's that aura of like it's not good football, mm-hmm. and it it is. But it's just those kids that love football. It's not those kids that have this side thing going on. It's like, no, they love football. That's why they go. Yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, there's there's guys on our team who would play and start at a whole bunch of the division two schools that I've, you know, been at and are every bit as talented. And, you know, as far as the love for the game and how much they dedicate themselves, I mean, it's, it's a big deal here and we're fortunate to be in the conference and the league that we are, but there's really, really good athletes, really good coaches. And yeah, like you said, I mean, we're, it's not like we're saying here's a full ride scholarship to come to Milliken for football. You know, they, they are, they're, uh, they're all having to pay, you know, at least something for tuition here and are choosing to do that and are choosing to put the time in. And, and so, yeah, I have all the respect in the world for our players. Yeah. And Milliken's always had a good football program too. It's, it's a place where they've, I think from, or from remembering, like not to put pressure on you, but I think a couple of years ago, they averaged like 40 some points a game. I remember seeing them all over the place. Like they were high flying scoring points. Yeah, they do. They have a long tradition here. Uh, they had a really, really good quarterback a couple of years ago. He's a Division One transfer. And, you know, it, it, they do. They have a long history. And this whole league, you know, there's, the crazy part is there are several, several times where you'll have out of roughly 300 Division Three football playing schools where there have been numerous times where four or five teams just in the CCIW are ranked in the top 25 in the country. And to put it even crazier is Wheaton won the conference last year, but North Central won the national championship. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. that's uh, that's pretty wild. And so, you know, preseason going into at least this past fall, the number one team and number two team preseason going in in the whole country were, were those two. And Illinois Wesleyan's done a a really good job over the years. And you have Washington U down in St. Louis and you have Augustana and, you know, I mean, you could just keep going and, and the rest of the programs just keep getting better. And yeah, I mean, that's, 
to me, though, that was as big of a draw as any of it is just the level of the competition. And, you know, you, if you, you got to go out and bring your A game to, to beat anybody. And if you play your best, you feel like you can go toe to toe and beat anybody. And if you don't, you're going to lose, you know, and that's to me, that's the exciting part. There's certainly no uh, pushovers in this. And there's just a bunch of really good coaches and players and can't wait to get going. Now, do you guys do a JV level and like a varsity level? Because I think I think Aurora University does that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't yeah, know we, uh, do. It's my understanding that we do. I uh, we're not going to in the spring. You know, okay. just with all the different stuff, it will be it will be a, a much different spring with the no fans. And then also, you know, usually we'll go and stay the night before when we're going to play and stay in a hotel and do all that. This will be more, you know, get up on a Saturday morning, hop on the bus, get off, go stretch, go play. There's not going to be fans there. Get off the field, hop <laughs> on the bus, and you'll be back on your campus in a few hours, you know, and but it's just for the love of getting to play the games. And, you know, we, uh, as I know you would as a coach, I mean, we we're all willing to do whatever sacrifices we need to, to give our kids the opportunity to play and to do it safely. Yeah. We'll do whatever it takes. We don't care how many games, as long as they Mm -hmm. get the opportunity to go, we don't care at all. Yep. And I think that's the misconception of like, we only want to coach for us. It's like, no, Look at the stuff we're going to have to do as coaches. Like, do you realize, like, the, the protocols and all that and all the stress we're going to have to go through? But guess what? I'll lose my hair for those kids. It's already almost gone, but it, I'll lose <laughs> the rest of it. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, yeah, I'm obviously excited uh, personally to get to go play games this spring. But, I mean, if we didn't get to play this spring, you know, my, my life would – go on and you just get ready for the fall and we're busy recruiting and doing all that stuff. So it's, to me, this spring is 100% about the players. And like I said, I mean, if they, you know, get the opportunity to play in the middle of March, that's still 18 months. They haven't got to actually go play someone else. And I have so much respect for them, you know, for them continuing to work and continuing to compete. And, but that's a tough ask for anyone. I mean, Mm -hmm. That would be an extremely tough ask for the, you know, big time FBS Division One athletes if they wouldn't have got to play this fall at all, and you know maybe got to play this spring and it was you know 17, 18 months for them. It, it's no different, you know. I mean, they're all still eighteen to twenty three year old uh, young men. So it's this spring is just a, a bonus, you know, for our players if we get the opportunity to get out there. That's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, for sure. Um... I only brought up the JV thing because I used to tell kids I was coaching, like, you realize this is what I was telling them. If you're Division One, you would have known by now. It was like seniors. I was like, sorry, sure. you, would have known. you would have known. And I said, what's wrong with Division Three? I said, one, you might play right away. Two, you're not going to sit. There's that JV level where you can go play football. Mm-hmm. And so you're not sitting around being redshirt waiting two or three years to play. Yeah. Like, you can go make an impact now. Yeah. And earn the right oh. to move up and play like the varsity. I just said that in their terms, but like go play. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody. As you know, the Coach Steve show is brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network. And in case you've missed it, they've recently par- partnered with FUBU TV. 
Now what is FUBU TV? FUBU TV brings you 100 plus channels including NBC, CBS, Fox, ABC, ESPN, and more without the hassle of a cable contract. It is 2020, it's time to cut the cord. If you don't believe me, please click the link in the episode description or on the social media profile and you can get a 7-day free trial. So please, again, go click on the link for FUBU TV in the episode description or in the social media profile, get a 7-day free trial to support the Coach Steve Show podcast as well as the Unhinged Sports Network. Recently, the Coach Steve Show has joined with the Unhinged Sports Network. It's an off-the-ground sports network that has different podcasts and is playing 24-7, so it's a podcast radio-type website. So every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, the Coach Steve Show will have a new episode out, and they have partnered with Fanatics.com. So what I need you guys to do is in the episode descriptions and on social media is click on the Fanatics link and go get yourself some fan gear. Any team that you want, they have the gear for. Shirts, polos, hats, pullovers that have zips, stocking stuffers, anything like that, anything. Any team you want, they have. So please to support the podcast and support the Unhinged Sports Network, please click on the please click on the link in the description. Please click on the link in the social media and go buy stuff. They have anywhere, anywhere. I've seen anywhere between 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 percent off all, all their apparel. So with sports coming back, please go get some apparel to support your team. So again, click on the link, go get yourself some gear, and thank you for all the support. I think I lost myself. I got you now. Yeah, internet. It's too much streaming. <laughs> too much streaming during quarantine. No, it was just getting those kids to think like they could play JV, go move up to the next level, and just immediately play if you're good enough. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a great, you know, quote, feeder system, and we're obviously all watching what they do there, and you know, systematically, it's going to be the same type of stuff you're doing and going to be the same offense, same defense, same special teams. So it gives you a great opportunity to actually get game reps and, and get ready. And, you know, the thing that I think a lot of people don't quite understand still, though, I mean, as a, a guy who I played Division Two football and have coached at two, uh, I guess, Power Five or FBS, whatever programs you want to call it, and then a couple of Division Threes and did high school ball for a year back in Iowa is uh, just how good these guys are, too, though, still playing at Division Three football. I mean, there's only 6% of high school football seniors that ever go on and even play college football. And that's just being on the roster, let alone who are getting to play varsity snaps, you know, and mm-hmm. – you know, I mean, the you have really, really good players who come in right away as, you know, senior high schoolers, and they come off as freshmen to those. But then what you also get, especially in our league, is you get some really high-level transfers, you know, that played Division One FCS or Division Two and had scholarships. And, you know, for whatever reason, they just uh, it didn't work out or they weren't happy or, you know, maybe they're local. And for us, we got – couple of our very best players were Division II scholarship transfers who were playing at their places, but they're from the Decatur area. And, you know, uh, Milliken has a really, really good school. And, 
good education and it's a great league and it was home and they just kind of, you know, it starts to make sense where they end up playing to where, you know, it's not just a bunch of uh, no talent guys, you know, running around out there. It's, it's the total opposite. And that's, that's what I've really enjoyed is just working around guys who really care are tough. They're intense. I mean, it's, to me, it hasn't been any different, you know, than any of the other places I've been as far as the approach, which I, I really appreciate. And then I'm sure recruiting changed. Like when I talk, I talked to the D coordinator at Concordia. I asked him if it was um, tougher now because of COVID. He goes, no, because there's phone calls, text messages, Zoom. He goes, I could recruit kids in another state and just sit on my couch. Yeah, that's definitely been different. I mean, the world of Zoom has been completely different to where now, you know, we may have, uh, like, for example, what we were doing is we'd have it on Wednesday nights and then we were doing it Saturdays to where we would have these virtual Zoom visits. And, you know, there were certain times where we'd have 40, 50 guys on a visit. And just like you mentioned, I mean, they're from all over the country. And you get a chance to essentially, you know, be in the living room of 40 to 50 young men and their families and, you know, preach what Milliken is all about. And, you know, it, it there's nothing ever as good as face to face. And maybe I'm just old school with that, you know, and a handshake and sitting in someone's living room. But, you know, as far as trying to make the most out of things and being able to broaden um you know, your, your reach on in recruiting, we've learned a lot just through this also, you know, and there's, even when it goes back to, you know, quote, normal times, whatever that means. But for us as college coaches, when we're back out in the high schools in person and getting to hang out with high school coaches and the players and going to games and doing home visits, we're still going to utilize, you know, Zoom meetings a lot more than just phone calls because, you know, it's just different and we've had you no know, presentations and we can show facilities through there. And, you know, we do all of our offensive talks and defensive talks, special teams, you know, head coach addresses them. And so, yeah, there's there's certainly things that we were going to take from this that we had to do because it was our only option that we'll use moving forward, knowing that it can be part of the best option. Yeah, we're. Not all high schools will do this, but I know we talked about it. Zoom may be a new normal for coaches meeting on Sunday in high school, Absolutely. even Saturday. I, I I told the head coach, I was like, nothing beats getting around coaches watching film and game planning in person. I said, but I can also see this being a new norm of like just, just share screen the huddle when we're sitting at home. That's going to yeah. be a new thing. I do think there's going to be – yeah, and, and some staffs and some coaches will really, really utilize it more than others and, you know, based on their personal preference. But I do think that just in general, a lot of coaches will cut down on the in-person meetings because now all of a sudden they're going to go, okay, is it 100% necessary that, you know, I bring my whole staff in away from their homes and into this office? Whereas before it was just, well, we're meeting and, there's no other way yeah. to meet like it's just not it wasn't part of the thought process so i i totally agree i think there is going to be a lot of you know innovation uh out of this yeah because i'm tired of zoom doing remote learning and then doing i was like don't do this to me coach let's just be person <laughs> yeah but yeah 
with with everything going on. I was like, I get it, but a part of me is like, there's nothing beats sitting in a room watching film, and we get debates about what to do and how Absolutely. to handle this. Yeah, I. What I miss the most out of all of it is just having quarterback position meetings, you know, where you just truly get to sit there and teach, and it's a small group, and you're going through all the details and intricacies of your offense, and you know the fundamentals of quarterback play, and you know that's uh, I'm kind of notorious for uh, for uh, having meetings a little longer than I'd intended, and it's well, hey, coach, I got to go to class, man, you know, because <laughs> you just get to start talking ball and. You know, as a, as a coach and especially at our level, there's so much of it, you know, is the recruiting or you have administrative stuff or there's just things that you're doing that isn't just strictly purely football, you know. And when you get those chances to just put on the film and, you know, try to get better and, and the, the teaching side of it, that's what I really, really miss. And, you know, hopefully we're able to return to that here for us at Millican, hopefully in a few weeks and, you know, whether I'm sure there'll be protocols, you know, is how we're spaced out and obviously, you know, we'll be wearing masks and doing what we need to, but for some form of in-person meetings uh, would just be outstanding if we get to have those. Yeah. When we had our contact days in October, it was strange because we did have helmets. We just had masks, body weight workouts on the field. We made them stand six yards apart, just, to look good, you know, for the athletic director walked by like, oh, they're six yards. But it was <laughs> weird because and then we had then we finally got to run some plays. And I found myself getting real amped up. I'm like, football, football, and going, going, going. I'm like, Steve, hold on. Like, this is contact days. You want to practice for two hours. You know, you want to do this, you want to do that. I was like, well, hold on a second. I'm that person. Yeah. I go a step too far. I'm like, well, hold on. Because I'm the run game coordinator, so I'm like, I want to put all the them. They they got the run plays, and so like the next day, I'm like, oh, I can put this, and I can put this, and I'm like, hold on, Steve, shut up, don't do it. I'm talking to myself, like, don't do it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it, well, it's because I just saw the kid. I saw the kids two weeks in the summer, two yeah. and a half weeks in October, and that was it. Then we got shut down. Yeah, and easing was- into things as football coaches isn't exactly our strong suits. No, I did. I did good for like two days. Yeah, so I was just trying to learn how these coaches work. I was, I'm the new kid on the block. I'm like, okay, yeah. how do the coaches work? How are these kids work? Uh, how are they going to respond? And that third day, I started to increase it. And the fourth day increased. And then the next week, I was like, okay, now we can do this. Now we can do this. And I'm talking myself down there in drills. I'm like, Steve, shut up! Don't yell! Don't do nothing! <laughs> this is baby steps. Oh, that's great. And then, then afterwards, you kind of want to wish you had film to go watch with them, but you couldn't. Like you can't go in the building; everything has to be outside. And yeah. it, it was a struggle. And then, and then the head coach brought this up too. He goes, "There's what two new coaches here, and the rest of them have been there before." Because he's a new coach; it's his first year. He's the D coordinator now. He's the head coach. Okay. And he's struggling. He's like, "I just wish that as coaches, we could all go to someone's backyard." Go in the coach's office, sit there and really build relationships, talk football, talk this. Yeah. And we got to do it two or three times maybe in the summer. Mm-hmm. 
or maybe we weren't supposed to. I don't know. We were safe about it. Like we were around in the coaches thing. We were all sitting at different tables. We went to someone's backyard. We had the chairs spread out. So like we were smart about it. Yeah. Yeah. But then, but then it got to that point where we were kind of like, what are people going to say? Like, are we doing the wrong thing? But that's what he talked about. He was like, you could talk on Zoom all you want. All of us coaches can, but it's not the same. It's not the same as sitting around talking, you know, shooting the breeze and then get the whiteboard out and draw stuff. It just doesn't replace it. Yeah, there's there's no doubt, and it is. It's that it, things that have just been normal in our lives the whole time, now all of a sudden you're like, am I doing something wrong? Like I've, I've caught myself like <laughs> – you know, just naturally you meet someone and you stick out your hand to shake their, their hand. Yeah. You know, like just there's so many things in our, our culture that are normal and, and Lord willing, we'll get back to being normal that now all of a sudden you have to consciously think, should I do this? Am I doing something wrong? Am I going to get in trouble? Am I going to get someone sick? Am I going to get sick? Just, you know, all, all these things that, uh, yeah, just are running through your head that have never gone through your head before. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Yeah, not not to get the basketball coach I'm going to coach for in trouble, but when I talked about him to coach basketball, he had said, yeah, can you meet me at the high school at this day at this time? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Then as I'm driving, I'm like, wait a minute. Is this supposed to be – like you would think nothing of it when you meet with a coach. You're like, yeah, I'll drive yeah. there. Don't think anything of it. Then I'm driving there. I'm like, wait a minute. Are we are I supposed to be going? And then I'm like, oh, we're smart. We'll have masks. I'm sure we'll be six feet apart. I mean, it's just like going to school. I mean, we've been remote, but like we've been in the building working. So it's the same thing. So I'm like, okay, go there. And the first thing he, he goes to stick his hand. I go stick my hand out. Then I caught myself and put my elbow up. I was like, hold on. We got to do this. He goes, Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that we both went like, (laughs) that's what you do. You shake hands, look down in the eye. How you doing? Nice to meet you. I'm Steve. And then we're just like, Nope, we got to do this. Yeah. And then we had to go sit at a table six feet apart and talk. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, what a time to be alive, Steve. Yeah, who knew that, like you said, the simplest things we can do, shaking hands and, you know, I don't even know if I want to hold the door open for people because, like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to, even that, I'm like, should I hold the door open? Yeah. Are you in the I bubble do. then if they go by you? and? Yeah, I still do just because it's natural. But, like, yeah. now you overthink everything and then getting gas, like when the person pulls up next to you, like, well, hold on, hold on a second. But it's different in the burbs. It's not saying central Illinois doesn't take it seriously, but in the burbs, it's like serious because we're more populated. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I bet. Yeah. Um, so not to give your secret sauce away, because I know you're the new coach. What are you guys looking to run on offense? I'm a big offensive guy. So you don't have to give everything away, but like, what, what do you like to do? Sure. Yeah. I, answer uh, that in the simplest way. <laughs> um, I think probably the, the 
best way to put it with, like you said, without getting too uh, into the X's and O's. But to me, I think being multiple on offense is the key nowadays. And not just multiple having multiple plays, but being multiple with personnel groupings, formations, uh, being multiple with having some forms of shifting and motioning. And then to me, I think the big thing is being multiple in your tempos. Mm-hmm. And, you know, cause it was always, well, you know, it was huddle, huddle and, and get to play. And, you know, you're going to play at a slower pace. And then it was always the warp speed, you know, uh, Art Bryles, Baylor play as fast as you can. And now to me, the guys who are, are doing the very best job. And if you look around college football, scoring the most points are, the guys who can mix those tempos to where they have, you know, opportunities to play faster opportunities where they're going to have more shifts and motions and opportunities to, you know, be able to slow it down and, and, and different, you know, kind of speedball type plays. And so to me, you know, that's, that's always a a big thing for me is being able to be, you know, multiple on offense and, Here at the Coach Steve Show podcast, we're very excited for our new sponsor for the show, the Launchpad Kickoff Tee. Pretty exciting that they wanted to sponsor the podcast and very um, excited for the opportunity to be sponsored by them. Um, the Launchpad Kickoff Tee is a very unique kickoff tee. It's, there's nothing like it. It is created so that way you can place the football however you want it. You want it to stand up higher. It can stand up higher. If you want it you know, to make it down lower to make the football be kicked off and go farther, it can do that. You want to place it to the side. You want it to stand straight up however you want. You could put it upside down if that's a thing. However you want, the Launchpad Kickoff Tee can let you do that. So if you're a coach and you have a younger guy or a developing kicker who is not reaching the end zone at all times, this is the perfect kickoff tee for you. The reason is that it gives a coach a strategic options on squibs and onside kicks that were never available before. This kickoff tee is legal for the NCAA use and for all high schools at the National Federation High School Association. The Launchpad kickoff tee, it is a game changer, guys. Having one here is a complete game changer. Check out the videos that they've posted. It's it's amazing stuff to see what the kickers can do once they get this and get the kicking down and use this tee. So for now, what I need you to do if you're interested in looking at it and going to buy one, please go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS. And when you buy the one T, use the code CSS to get 10% off. But also there are other options using the same link. If you want to buy two, you can get 25% off. If you think you need more and want to go buy the four pack option, you can buy three and get one of them for free. So go to launchpadkickofftee.com dot com slash css and use the code css and go get this game-changing kickoff tee for all you kickers and you coaches today you know what i'm really trying to do as a coordinator is try to give as much you know window dressing and look as complicated as we possibly can with still having a set of base plays you know, that our players learn by concepts. And that's probably the biggest thing that, you know, I, I really, as a, as a coordinator and as a, a teacher, am, you know, it's about conceptual learning. 
it's not just, well, if you're the, you know, X receiver, this is your out. Or if you're the Z receiver, and no, it's what does number one have on this concept? What's the number two guy? What's the number three, you know? And same with the, uh, the run game. If you're the, you know, the end guy on the line of the scrimmage, it doesn't matter if you're a slot receiver, if you're the tackle, if you're the tight end on certain schemes. I mean, how can you teach it as a concept so everyone knows, you know, what is the purpose of this play? What are we trying to attack? You know, what do we need to do in order to make this successful? And what are the ways that the defense can deter it and that they're going to try to attack it? And, you know, I think once your 11 guys on offense understand the whole concept, that gives you the, the flexibility, you know, to have all sorts of different combinations to it, which, you know, is something that's really, really uh, big to me. You know, we'll have uh, a lot of different, you know, formations, uh, different you know, stuff in the backfield sets with the backs and their alignments. You know, I think that's that's something that I'm pretty uh, – pay pretty close attention to and, and whatnot, you know. And as far as uh, plays, I don't have any, you know, magical plays that no one's ever seen. I think it's just, you know, ultimately about trying to, you know, make sure you have enough bullets out there to attack a defense but not too much. And, you know, I do think the – Preparing with your run game and your quick game and, and then getting some of the uh, the RPO stuff, that world going, you know, into it, I think, you know, can, can make it pretty tough on a, on a defense. And, and that's certainly uh, a good way to attack a defense, in my opinion. And, you know, one thing that Milliken's been, been known for is being able to push the ball down the field and chuck the ball around and, you know, have some some playmakers on the outsides. And I, I certainly feel, you know, based on our fall practices that we, uh, we have those guys on the perimeter too. So, you know, to me, that's probably, you know, if you ask who I am as an offensive coach, it's we're going to have a uh, vertical come smashing in the mouth run game. And we're going to throw some quick game and the RPOs off it. And we're going to try to push the ball down the field. And, you know, how we're going to do that is, is going to be, different ways based on who we play and, and and whatnot, you know? And so that's, uh, that's pretty much who we are in a nutshell here at Milliken. And again, it's the team who uh, blocks the best and the team who tackles the best and the mm-hmm. team who holds on to the football, you know, I mean, it's, we could start talking ball and X's and O's and, and stuff all night long, but at the end of the day, can, can we, uh, are we going to win up front on the line of scrimmage? Are we going to displace them uh, vertically or, or, or not? Or is the defense going to be in the backfield and win those matchups? And then, you know, are we, we going to be able to make the throws and catch the ball? And, you know, is the defense going to be able to tackle us and, and, and all those things? And it's, that's the beauty of football is it's a, uh, it can at times be a complicated game, but it always comes back to being a very uncomplicated game. You know, yeah, us, us coaches make it complicated. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and at the end of the day, it's just how do we how do we manipulate certain things, to try to get the ball to, to our very best players, you know, and that's ultimately my job, you know, because the players, it, it it's always about them. They're going to win the games for you and they're the ones out making the plays. And, you know, so 
all we're really trying to do is put them in the best positions that we can possibly. And then again, like, that's what I always tell them. Like, listen, like it's your team. It's not, it's not my team as a coordinator. It's not us as the coaches or the head coach. I mean, no, it's, it's your team. You're the players. Like you're going to decide how good you're going to be, you know, by how you guys prepare and, and your intensity level and your attention to detail. And then when it comes to game days, I mean, they're either going to go out and make the plays or they're not, you know, I mean, <laughs> if there's mm-hmm. a, if there's a 50, 50 ball on the perimeter, well, the receiver's either going to go make the play or the DB is, you know, and if the running back's going to make a guy miss in the hole uh, or he's not, you know, and the, the offense alignment is either going to be able to fire off the football and, and get movement and win that matchup versus the defense alignment or he's not, you know, I mean, obviously we work all the, fundamentals and teach the technique like like every coach does but ultimately it, to me it always uh, comes back to the players yeah you were talking about window dressing and people thought alabama was complicated i was like no they just shift and they they disguise it like yep because if you look at it there's that one concept where they have two receivers go one way across the field and then they have the wide cross coming underneath they score every yep. time they do it yeah but they motion to it, they they shift to it, they have a tight end in there somewhere on the line of scrimmage. And it's very simple. Anybody that watches Sarkeesian stuff, it's simple actually. Yeah. It's just a lot of the complicated part is hiding it. Yeah, and, absolutely. And that's the fun part to me, you know, is being able to scheme that stuff up, you know, um, and making it to where again you have enough, but you're not overwhelming your players, you know, and they can still go out and play free and, and play fast and all that. But yeah, like you said, I mean, with, with coach Sark, I mean, he's, he's running uh power and counter and zone and, you know, throwing slants and throwing stick and hitch and, you know, the perimeter screens that he throws out there. And yeah, then, uh, you know, he's pretty creative with how he, he dials up his play action. You know, I think he's, he's really, really good with that, but, like uh, I was just talking to uh, another uh, colleague, another coordinator in college, and it's just like, I mean, it's still again though. It comes back to the players. I mean, how how fun would it be to be able to design play action shots where you got you know a bunch of guys that are running four twos and four threes in the mm-hmm. forty, and you could say, all right, on this one, you know, just like the depths that those guys run those routes at, where. You know, at our level, we may run those at 12 or 13, and at the high school, maybe 10 or 11. And, you know, those guys are running at 17, 18 yards just because they're so dang fast. And then mm-hmm. the bigger thing is always, okay, well, if they're going to have these longer uh, route depths, well, can you protect it? And when you have the guys up front that Alabama does, I mean, you know, a quarterback can have a play-action thing and take a seven, eight, nine-step drop and, he's got a clean pocket and can still do that. And so, I mean, you know, when you get to that point, what you scheme up is, is pretty much endless. And so I think, you know, with uh, what they were doing, I mean, it's, you saw, you said, saw guys just running wide open about as much as I can ever remember, you know, watching in college football. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to have some Heisman guys on there to, to do that with, but, I say it's always Jimmy's and Joe's. It always comes down to the players. I say I always say this: Jimmy's and Joe's and X's and O's. And what I mean by that is, 
you'd have to be able to coach those players and put them in the right situation. So he knew he had the speed so he could run those depth routes. Absolutely. He wouldn't do them any justice by running them 10 yards or eight yards. Like that's not what they're going to do. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you have the Heisman Trophy winners, you do what you want. But with like other good teams out there, they just go to what they do or adapt to what their players can do. But at the end of the day, Jimmy's and Joe's take over. But if you don't put them in the yeah. situation, it doesn't work. Absolutely. And yeah, it was uh, extremely fun to watch him. And I mean, uh, Ole Miss was scoring a whole bunch of points this year, too. You know, whenever I could get get film on those guys. And, you know, obviously uh, a million people have a million different thoughts on uh, Lane Kiffin. But when it comes to an offensive mind, I mean, he, he, mm-hmm. that guy scores points, you know. And so it's uh, – fun to watch what a lot of these guys are doing and and yeah absolutely so it's uh always trying to learn always trying to get better i think he outsmarts himself sometimes because they were comparing kiffin and sarkeesian and sarkeesian just stuck to what it was like he didn't get outside his box sure lane goes to other boxes like <laughs> we have boxes in our head in the garage or whatever you yeah. know and we don't need them until you get them and he was just yeah. pull, he'll pull stuff in certain games. Like, well, I can do this. I can do this. And it's great yeah. stuff that works for him. But it's like, he didn't run that last week. Now you're going to run it this week. Yeah. So he doesn't – I don't know if outsmarting himself is the right thing, but he's, like, not afraid to be like, no, we're going to do this instead this week and not this. Yeah. And that that's always the challenge because there's so many good plays out there and there's so many good schemes. But, one, how, how can you install all of them? And then when can you practice some? And, you know, obviously it, it – it, uh, it doesn't matter what we know if we can't relay that information to the players and they can't execute it, you know, on, on game days. And so, yeah, there's a, there's that fine line of, you know, always having enough, but, but not being overwhelming. And I think that's something, uh, especially, you know, a lot of us offensive guys and, and guys who are calling it that you're kind of always, there's always that little grab or, you know, that, uh, that tension of, of making sure, you know, you're you're in that sweet spot of having enough but not too much, and that's something uh, I've learned over the years too as a coordinator. Yeah, and, and like you said earlier, um, with knowing concepts, as long as you know the why and why it works, it'll be fine. When a kid's when you can answer a kid like you know how does this work, why is this going to what we do, and you know it, they're bought in. If you're bought in with the why. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I to me, like, gone are the days where you just tell a player to do it, and he he doesn't need to know why, or you know, doesn't need to have questions said, or anything. You know, it's just it's yeah, the whole because I said so. Now it's okay. <laughs> no, this is what we're doing. This is why we're trying to do this. This is why you know the the block has to be this, uh, this angle or this technique, or, you know, the route has to be this depth or the footwork by the quarterback has to be this. And here's how it times up. And here's how we're trying to do this. And, you know, here's what front we're trying to attack. And, and yeah, just what you said, I think that's the key is, you know, when they understand the why behind it, then they'll, they'll buy in, they'll, they'll believe in it. And, and then obviously it helps when you can have some success and, you know, they can, they can see the benefits of it. Then, uh, then you got them. Yeah. One of the worst things to say as a coach is this is how we've always done it. Agreed. 
Agree. Amen. That, that drives me nuts. You know, and it's the people that can be innovative and the people that can change are the ones that have success in life. And the ones that just sit and are set in their ways are the ones who get left behind. Now, coach, I know you had a recruit. Do you need to go? Yeah, I got about uh, I maybe let's go one more question or a few more minutes and then I, uh, I better get rolling. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd sit and talk football with you all night, Steve. Well, we screwed. I screwed up and talked for 35 minutes. I like, I should have started. But. <laughs> nah, hey, we can do this another time also. So, yeah, what uh, what else you got, Coach? The only one I got, and I hope you're okay with it, Um, a lot of us, my friends, are Illinois fans. And you mentioned you worked with Coach Bielma at Arkansas. Um, can you give us, Illinois fans, some hope? about what Coach Bielma can do because Illinois football has Lovey Smith. Illinois football was in a bad spot. And then Lovey Smith showed up and he actually glued it back together. So he did do some things. And now Coach Bielma comes in to like continue and build it up. So I hope you're okay asking this. Like what can us Illinois fans hope to see? Like give us some hope. Yeah. Um yeah, absolutely. And kind of like we talked a little bit before, uh, you know, we, we started officially talking. I think the biggest thing with Coach Bielema to give Illinois fans hope is he is a recruiter. Like that is he is naturally a recruiter. Uh, he is already started. You guys have already seen him reaching mm-hmm. out to high school coaches throughout the state. And, you know, he's he's really good at it. You know, I mean, you can say what you want about him and have opinions on all sorts of other stuff, but you can't argue his ability to recruit and the fact that he's from Illinois. I mean, this isn't, you know, some foreign place to him. He uh, he knows these these towns, these cities, these metro, you know, areas. Uh, he'll he'll get players in. He just will. He's uh, he's already started to get numerous transfers from other FBS schools too. And, you know, he had, you know, Russell Wilson came in and JJ Watt came in. And so he's had a track record that, you know, he is selling to every, you know, uh, college guy looking to be a grad transfer, have a few years left too. And so, you know, that would be the biggest reason for optimism, you know, in my opinion is just like we talked about, it takes players. There's, really really good high school football in the state of illinois to me it's underrated you know it doesn't get talked about as much as it should and i think there's facts to probably back that up if you'd look at how many you know division one players uh come out and and you know play at the university of wisconsin's the university of iowa's indiana's uh notre dame's and missouri's you know that are all bordering type states it's just if he can start to win some of those and get the players and then you know how how the whole snowball effect and then they start to win some games then some of those guys from the the local illinois high schools go there and have you know success and are enjoying their experience and winning games all of a sudden he's going to start getting that even higher level of recruit and Mm -hmm. you know that whole snowball effect starts happening and you know if if Illinois gets to that point when, uh, you know, sooner than later where they have one of those eight, nine or 10 win seasons, I mean, th- then it's kind of look out, you know, then it, it, it will come. 
Um, you know, he's just got to get those players. But I, uh, I have no doubt that, you know, the high school coaches are going to enjoy having that relationship with him. And, you know, as a recruiter, he's a hard guy to say no to. Like the moment he was hired, he called the association or our, our association uh, president or whatever within like yeah. the hour. Yeah, exactly. And that's, uh, I mean, he gets it, you know, when it comes to recruiting in those relationships. And, you know, again, there's a, there's a lot of college coaches that I think will look at that as just a task that they have to do, you know, and, oh, I have to, you know, go talk to these high school coaches or I have to recruit to at least what I experienced, you know, working for him. It was the opposite. Like, he enjoys going out on the road, meeting new people. He enjoys going to clinics. He enjoys, you know, speaking at functions and, you know, all that stuff. And he's good at it. You know, that's that's his strength. You know, he, he has a, uh, a uh, confidence, we'll say, to him and, mm -hmm. you know, an edge and, uh, you know, has that big booming voice. And so, like, he likes doing all that stuff and he's good at it. And so, you know, I think that's going to be uh, – a thing, you know, that, that absolutely should give Illini fans hope. I mean, because it, with that new facility, I don't know if you had a chance to, to get into that, but that new facility that Illinois has for football is, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, so he, he can recruit to that. And you know, obviously, you know, it's very good academic school and it's in the big 10. And I mean, so there's, it's not like he's having to recruit to this broken, awful place. I mean, there's a mm -hmm. whole lot of stuff that he can sell to it, you know, and and and, and I, I believe you will. Yeah, because Lovey showed up. He Lovey got the ball rolling as much as we gave Lovey a lot of Lovey a lot of crap. Those buildings were being built, and they just got done. So mm -hmm. like he kind of started it, and like I saw the video of Coach Bill walking through it. I haven't seen them because they were new. They're brand new. Like they just got done. Yeah. And anytime I visit, you know, when you drive through Champagne, they're getting built. So when he, I saw the video of him walking through it, I was like, oh, that looks nice. That's an upgrade from Memorial Stadium and this other thing that I haven't seen before. Because I've been to the old Memorial Stadium and old stuff, and it wasn't yeah. like that. And I'm like, ooh, there. I knew Whitman's trying to compete. He's like, we got to get the facilities, like Wisconsin yeah. and Ohio State and Michigan and all of that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And again, just even those schools that we just mentioned who – you know, or the bordering states that they needed to beat. University of Iowa built an mm -hmm. unbelievable facility that, you know, was finished uh, maybe four or five years ago. And Mizzou just got brand new stuff in the last year or two. And Wisconsin has really nice stuff. And, you know, obviously I, I'm sure I haven't been in their facility, but I'm sure Notre Dame has great facilities. And so, you know, it, like you said, as you start to go through it and, you know, the facilities, it does matter if they want to have a chance. They got to be at least as nice as the rest of those. So, but, yeah, I think uh, I think there's lots of reason for optimism. I mean, Coach B is, is certainly a Big Ten guy at heart playing at Iowa and then having to run at Wisconsin, being from Illinois. I mean, I, I'm sure he, you know, wants to be there and build it for the long term and, you know, get it, get it rolling. And so I, I – I see him probably being there a long time and, you know, wish him, wish him nothing but the best, uh, get to talk to him every now and then, obviously that's uh he's a very busy guy and, and all that good stuff. Um, but hoping to, to get up there to their facility, you know, once the, 
COVID restrictions <laughs> left and, you know, just uh, even just say, Hey, and, and try to, you know, learn from his staff. It, it, he's looks like he's hired some really good coordinators and, you know, anytime he could go and try to pick their brain and work camps and get in their film room, you know, and, and all that stuff would be, uh, would be awesome. Yeah. I want to go meet all the staff and meet him. I was yeah. like, if COVID could just go away, I would yeah, love to exactly. go there. Exactly. It's, uh, you know, I'm only 45 minutes, uh, up the road there. And he hired a couple other guys that, uh, uh, are friends that were on the Arkansas staff. And so, you know, definitely want to get up there and say hey to those guys when, uh, when the opportunity comes. No doubt. I'll be there too. I'll, I'll tag, I'll hide behind you. Now I'm six, five. Yeah. So I have to, cr- on, I don't know if I have to cr- I'm six, five. Do I have to crouch down or just hide behind you? <laughs> You'll have to crouch down. I'm not six, five. You're bigger than I am. I'll just, I'll just crawl behind you. Just wear a coat or something. I'll crawl behind you, and I'll just sneak, sneak my way in. Oh, that's awesome. Well, listen, Steve, thanks so much for uh, for having me on, and we'll definitely have to do this again. No, I appreciate you coming on, taking your time. Guys out there listening, stay safe, wear the mask so we can go play football and get other sports. Um, and we'll see you guys next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 